0: Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports' Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Happy to be rolling right on through the offseason ranks. We're past the holiday counting down days to training camp. And uh we got offensive linemen up today to join us to break down offensive linemen. The best offensive lineman analyst in in the media, Jeff Schwartz. What's up? Did you, how do you like that intro? Oh, that's uh fantastic.
1: I, I don't it- know if I could get a better one. I appreciate Always being the best and, uh, offensive line, obviously is the best position in all of sports. And the best part about all of this training camp, you're right. It's like 10 days away for the Broncos. All
0: right, so, uh, that's right. Yeah. So you're right. It's, it's, very, it's very, very close. Uh, you are currently still at Action Network and still at SB Nation, right? I probably should have asked you that beforehand, but, um... I,
1: I'm at SB Nation for CERN. I do, uh, Pac 12 radio, um, on Sirius XM every day. And I believe my website is launching. Might be working today. This might be the breaking part of it. Uh, uh Action Network. Probably not so much in the future. Um nah, but my bad. everything you can find on what I'm doing is at is at, at, at SchwartzNFL dot Oh
0: that's cool. I like that. That's a good idea. I mean it is do you find it do you find it um is it tough to like deal with the fact that I mean, what percent? Like, what percent of media members, and you can lump me in with this because I, I mean, I, I don't think there are very many people who actually understand how to analyze offensive line play. But like, what percentage of NFL media members really understand a significant portion of the nuances that come with offensive line play?
1: Well, not many. I mean, there's there's a couple. <laughs> uh, Brandon Thorne is pretty good. I uh, think he's a veteran scout on on Twitter. My buddy Duke Mannyweather – um who trains a lot of offensive linemen we're doing o-line masterminds this weekend did it last year 30 nfl offensive linemen will be top five there'll be like five of the top 30 college offensive linemen will be there this year mm. as well um we break down film we do drill same as the, the von miller summit for defensive line just for whatever reason does not get as much attention maybe it's not von miller but we will have my brother will be there lane johnson will be there to armstead will be there so a lot of I think Zach Martin might be there this year. I mean, a lot of outstanding offensive linemen. Quinn Nelson I mean, may or may not be there. So there's a lot of all-pro type linemen at this event. So uh, those two guys do well. It's, just, it's hard because you have to you have to really devote your time to just offensive line. Like yeah. Brandon, for example, really just studies offensive defensive linemen. It's hard to be an overall studier of football and then just be just, – and then also be an offensive line expert. I can't because I've played the position and I know what's going on, but for someone who hasn't really played the position, it's hard to be an offensive line guy and also know and watch everything about the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, even when – and like, I think I can do a, uh, a decent job, you know, if I'm – it, like, if I'm watching, if I'm going back and watching game and watching film, I can be like, oh, okay, this guy did a really good job, you know, doing this, blocking this guy, you know, operating the scheme of things, but even like, I'll see it like, oh, this, you know, this, uh, this offensive lineman got, you know, destroyed by this defensive lineman. And then I'll get a, you know, tweet from people who, you know, you'll be like, no, actually he tripped on his foot. You know, I mean, I just think there's, so, <laughs> there's so many nuances that go with the position that it is, um, it can be in fact difficult to analyze, but we're going to try anyway. And, uh, we have a top 10 list of offensive line units on CBS com. You have said that uh the move, and I, I think this is the right move, and maybe I should have told my bosses this beforehand, but the move is to actually do it in tiers instead of a 1 through 10 list. Um, so let's work – we're going to work backwards here uh w- when going through that and – we have, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's really, like, when you look at the teams, there's a Tier 1 and a Tier 2, and then there's a bunch of fringe teams um, that could be really be in that, like, 8, 9, 10 range that we're going to talk about. Um, uh, the first one that I want to mention, because I, I, I'm curious what you think about it. You, you threw them out there when we were talking about this on DM, but the Carolina Panthers probably don't make your top 10 list, but the fact that a team that's been so bad on the offensive line for so long, you know, I mean... The, the, you know, they, they had the, you know, the, they're losing Ryan Khalil. They had to start Matt yeah. for a while. Uh, now suddenly could be on an honorable mention. I think it's a very fascinating thing when you talk about protecting Cam Newton. Well, I think there's
1: a couple teams, the Panthers, the Falcons, and the Rams that are in the kind of, they're not really, they're not in the second tier, but they easily with like young players and players off of injury and within eight games this year, can kind of be in that second tier of offensive line. You mentioned the Panthers. Look, they, they needed a left tackle. They have Taylor Mone there, but they drafted Greg Little. Really high athletic upside offensive lineman. Put him right at, at left tackle. He's not there and now with the ones. And Taylor Mone goes to guard, which might be his better position. You lost Ryan Cleo, but you signed Matt Paredes. Trey Turner is a very good right guard. And Darrell Williams, who was an all-pro a couple of years ago, injured uh, back now at right tackle. That is a good offensive line, at least by talent. So we have to see kind of how the Darrell Williams off an injury – you know, Greg Little is a rookie. The Taylor Moore moved to guard, so they have potential to be a really good offensive line. Uh, maybe the better offensive line they've had in a long time. But again, it's it's a lot of potential, and that's why you really they're hard to put into like a tier right now. They're more like in my potentially could be good tier.
0: Like a surprising, like this team could make a leap into the a, a team that could be our top ten. You mentioned the Falcons as well. Um, how hard is it for a team? like Atlanta, and they went out and they used two first-round picks on offensive linemen, Chris Lindstrom out of uh, Boston yeah. College at right guard and the Caleb McGarry ostensibly to be the right tackle out of UCLA. I mean, how hard is it to plug two rookies on that right side and expect them to be effective from day one, even when you have so many other veteran pieces around them. Like I, you know, we know they're not going to be, you know, not lifting up this offensive line. You got Jake Matthews, a former yeah. first rounder, Alex Mack uh, there as well, and then James Carpenter, I would assume, at, at left guard. But how yeah. how tough is that for those two young guys? You think?
1: Well, it's going to be tough. Um, You know, Lindstrom at least will play guard. He gets the benefit of playing next to Alex Mack, which will be really helpful for him. But then obviously. Caleb McGarry out of Washington, who really shot the draft boards fast. I mean, he was a guy that was, you know, maybe everyone thought kind of third, fourth round, and all of a sudden, boom, went day, day one um, uh, to the Falcons. So it's going to be a learning process for, for for the right side. You team up together, you hope they can kind of learn on the fly. Like I said, with Alex Mack there in the center, they, that they will, you know, that'll help Lindstrom, but, you know, McGarry will have to kind of find his own way. Again, this is a, a unit that, with Matthews and Carpenter and Mac and Lucero and McGarry, if they play up to their ability, they're going to be a good offensive line. So I put them kind of in like the tentative, you know, how will the rookies play type of offensive line because they're very talented. It's, 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 you got to kind of put it all together. I don't, I don't have a great answer for how long it takes um, for the offensive line. Uh, to get going, but the run game, all the zone, you know, keeping kind of simple-ish concepts. Mm. Running zone is not simple, but you know they don't do a lot of different run schemes. That'll be very helpful. They're big in play-action pass. They're big in boots, so they help their their young offensive line kind of not have one-on-one situations very often in the pass game. Uh, side note: the Packers are gonna be good this year. No uh, offensive line podcast. They don't play outside to November. Seventeenth, like some somewhere in mid-November, um, Matt Ryan's gonna have a big year in, in, in my opinion as well. He's gonna throw for,
0: for five thousand yards. They don't go outside. Is that right about the outside? I, think I haven't even looked at that. That's a great call. Yeah, uh, yeah, they don't, yeah, they, yeah. Vikings, they, they, Vikings, Colts, that, yeah, Texans, yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, someone can. I mean, they can open the roof somewhere,
1: but probably not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the only. Well, the I mean the Colts could open the roof, but that doesn't really affect anybody. Um the Vikings can't open that roof cuz it's up perpetually 5 degrees in in Minnesota and I guess the Texans could do it as well but even then it you know and the Cardinals too but like none of those spots really affect people when you open the roofs So their first no. their first outdoor game is a November 17th against the Panthers man how did it, yeah. how did anybody how did I how's nobody discussed this in the pantheon I have. Of, Okay you have clearly right but I mean like where this, this where, is like this is like one of
1: the reasons why as I'm beginning to like to get into more of my previewing, especially with the gambling stuff, as we head toward, I'm still doing gambling, even though I might not do so much with Action Network. Um, the Falcons, you know, Matt Ryan leading lead the league as a passer, He's, his odds are are up there, like for better odds to, to win because he he should throw for five thousand yards. Sure. Falcons to win the South, the South. I mean, there's a lot of good props with the Falcons because they they have an easy schedule.
0: Um, do you think that? Because I actually think the 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 um, the Saints can come back to earth a little bit. We'll get to their offensive line in a second. Now I'm looking yeah. at this. Um, now I'm trying to find this uh, with the with the lead that most passing yards. Matt, uh, Matt Ryan is actually the favorite along with Patrick Mahomes at plus four fifty. He moved.
1: He, he moved. He moved in the last couple of weeks. Um, I originally looked at he was not the favorite, but yeah, mm. I think that. He he threw for 4,100
0: yards last year. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, and I get why Mahomes is there. I would expect some regression there. We'll get to them in a second too. What? what, um, Interesting. What do you just while we're talking about the South? Not that anybody thinks the the Buccaneers have some great offensive line or anything, but when you look at like like the difference between. Operating in a North Turner scheme and a Bruce Arians scheme and North sort of adjusted what he did for Cam Newton last year to make it shorter drops and, and quicker passes. I mean, do you, what do you think Bruce Arians is going to do with Jameis Winston and an offensive line that's okay, but not great? Like how will he adjust? Will he just try and be Bruce and, and make Jameis Winston yes. drop back and no risk it, no biscuit?
1: Yes. I mean, he's going to be the exact coach he's always been and let you, you know, let Winston use his arm. I mean, that's, that's what he has. Obviously, he throws a ton of interceptions, yeah. but being able to just use his big arm and let let him throw the ball because that's what Bruce has always done. He's always been high flying down the field, um, you know, some some max protection type stuff at times to help his offensive line. But he's going to take shots. That's what he's always been, and I expect that to not change at all with Winston at quarterback.
0: Okay, um, moving along to a uh, an, oh yeah the. Um, where would you, you? I think you I think you had the Rams in an honorable. I'm sort of instead of running through this list, I'm just kind of curious about your thoughts about various yeah. various teams. But like you mentioned that the Rams are, are probably right there on the fringe. Maybe they're. I mean. Andrew Whitworth has been one of the best free agent signings of the past five or six years. Yeah. It's incredible the way that he's kept his body up and and maintained his level of play. They did lose a, like a couple of guys on that line this offseason. Right. How much do you think the transition there, swapping guys in and out, matters in a, in a McVay style scheme?
1: Well, it does matter. I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of why they're in this tier of like wait and see where they have been very good, obviously, and. Look, they were exposed a little bit, especially the center position in the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, they have two really good tackles, and you mentioned Whitworth and uh, Blythe, a Blythe at right guard played well last year at certain times, but they have to replace the center and the left guard. Um, and so those are the, the, the areas where, you know, if they come along quickly, they're going to be a good offensive line. That's why I put them you know, with the Falcons and Panthers. It's like a, a wait-and-see unit that on paper they look like they can be really good, but let's kind of wait and see. How, uh, the young guys come along before I can kind of put them in a tier.
0: Um, and, uh, I think that was it for like your bottom tier, right? Carolina, yeah, LA, yeah. and, um, all right, I had the, uh, I had the, what, what about the Chargers? Do you, do you put a, do you, do you buy or sell the Chargers offensive line? Cause it looked like a team that, that might be pretty good for much of last year and then sort of fell apart in terms of pass protection on Phillip Rivers down the stretch a little bit.
1: Well, the right side of their offensive of line is, is pretty brutal. I mean, you saw in the yeah. Patriots game, the playoff game, they really just took advantage of that right side. Now, maybe Forrest Lamb can come back and kind of help them out, but right now that right side just ain't doing it. Um, you know, Pouncey's good. Um, you know, Okun's still playing at a high level, but that right side is so suspect. Um, you know, we'll get to another team later that you're really high on that kind of I think has the same – not not as bad, yeah. but – I can't put them in that top tier until I see a little bit more from the right side of their line.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, let's go to that next tier, uh, that, that so, and again, that we, that's sort of the first group that you had, the Panthers, the Rams, and the Falcons, sort of that honorable mention tier that, that, that right around top 10 tier wouldn't be surprised if they took a step forward or it's, or a step back. Um, and then you have a group of four teams in your, I, I guess, uh, the middle, we'll call it the, we'll call it the middle, the middle class. Um, at, at the bottom, I don't know if it's. I, I think this is your no, no. they're not. They're not really in. They're not really
1: in order. Gotcha. Gotcha. They're not in order in the tiers. They're just kind of. It, it's, I think it's so hard, especially before the season, to say like this is the best. Here's the second best. Here's the third. With offensive line, because like look, look, you see like even for the first three, there's so many moving parts here that it's hard to just say like this, this. is Kind of where I feel like the next tier we're going to is like second tier of units, and it will be. And I feel like the top five that I have at the very top, I feel very good in those five. And some of these, you know, some of these tier two teams can take a really big jump and get into that tier one level um, in, uh, in in half a year, probably.
0: Okay, who's most likely? These are the four teams that you listed: Indianapolis, Green Bay, Chicago, and Kansas City. Out of those four teams, who is most likely to be considered elite next year? Probably the
1: Colts. Uh, uh, and I know that some people have them already as being elite, but like I mentioned with um, the the right side of the Chargers' offensive line, we just need to see a little bit more. From the right side of the Colts offensive line, we know obviously Quinn Nelson's really good. Gonzano's good. Ryan Kelly is really good at center. Obviously, uh, but just seeing a little bit more from the right side of that offensive line will kind of put them, you know, over over the top. They're not far from being in that unit in that category as a top tier offensive line. I just wasn't. If you, we'll get to the top, and you'll see kind of like there is a big delineation, in my opinion, between like the top five and then kind of Colts. The Colts, I feel like maybe the Packers who will who we'll get to next are really close to kind of like breaking through into that top tier.
0: Well, all right. So, so they might be even that top, the top of this, of this middle tier group. What, I mean, what did you see from Quentin? Like, had, have you seen anything like you saw from Quentin Nelson in terms of <laughs> a first year player? You repeatedly pointed out on Twitter, like he's teabagging everybody left and right. He comes in yeah. a first year, all pro. I mean, I know we've seen it before, but like, it's been a while since someone's been able to come in and play that position out of the box that well, right?
1: Well, I think that's kind of what it was. His first couple of games weren't were like as great as I think people thought they were. there were there were times in the games where he was really good, mm. and that stands out. He improved the season one. on. But what's impressive in my mind about him was his attitude. So his his attitude of finishing. And being physical, I think, really quickly, became what their offensive line was. They all took the identity of a rookie offensive lineman, which is remarkable because yeah. Typically, yeah. typically offensive linemen, just you know, you're not really allowed to talk. You just go about your business, and you're kind of scared. Not scared is the wrong word. Anxious, nervous, playing like you don't, you can't find your voice. And Quinn Nelson found his voice as fast as possible. Um, and that to me was, was most impressive and just his attitude towards football. Um, I, I met, I, I hung out with him a little bit, um, you know, in, uh, this event in, in June, he's just a meathead man. He loves football. <laughs> he's just like, he's like that guy, like that offensive lineman. So, um, that, that makes him special. And like I said, the right side of the offensive line, um, I think will really be able, if they come together next year, like I think they should. They'll be an elite unit next year.
0: Do you, do you think the Colts, it's even a situation where maybe, um, they caught people by surprise because they had two rookies starting in Braden Smith and Nelson. They also operated this system that, you know, Frank Wright, you know, had Andrew Luck tossing the ball a ton of times, but he wasn't throwing it really far down the field, sort of like what the, the Panthers did with Cam and then they kind of shifted midway through the season and became – or actually I guess like a quarter of the way into the season became this like running behemoth, and it fit what Nelson wants to do. And, you know, they're doing the polls with with Braden Smith, which is what he ran at yeah. Auburn and all that stuff. I mean, so it's – I mean, is it possible that they even maybe take a step back because people sort of know what's coming now?
1: No, no. So here's what, here's what I think happens with the Colts, and this happens very often. It happens year to year in, in offenses, but really – With a new offense, so you know, Frank Wright gets there, installs an offense, and he thinks we're going to run these type of plays. This is the type of identity we're going to be. You know, he 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 you know, he has in his mind this is what I want my offense to be. And then you realize, like through four, five, six games, well, we're not really maybe good at what I want to (laughs) do. We're good at other things, so let's run those plays instead. And it it takes time to figure that out. And so eventually, they figure that out. Hey, we're going to be this type of team. And he made that transition to be that type of team. And that, that, that's not surprising at all
0: how that kind of switch was flipped very fast. Okay. All right. Um, also in this tier of teams that we mentioned, Green Bay and Chicago, uh, two NFC North teams, yeah. uh, what what strikes you about these units? And um, do you think that there will be a transition? You know, I mean, David Bactiari was fantastic. Corey Lindsey, when he's healthy, excellent center. I mean, are these guys – does the change in scheme here with Matt Lafleur coming in and and Mike McCarthy in that scheme they've had forever moving out? Do you think that you think we could see a slow start in Green Bay? Um, we we could see a slow
1: start. I think mean, with any new scheme, it does take a while, especially offensively, to get in a rhythm. But look, have is the best left tackle in the NFL. Oh, wow. It's a, it's really wild. He's never made a Pro Bowl. Like it's straight. wild. i say he's the best pass blocking offensive lineman in the nfl it's just an amazing job pass blocking um but i think injuries is, is a concern you have i mean you mentioned when when Lindsay's healthy right Belaga's has some injury concerns as well so i think the unknown as far as what their offense is going to be how they you know if they're going to stay healthy uh but like i said they i don't i don't know if they're ever going to break in that top tier of offensive lines because they're kind of, a lot of guys have reached their potential right belaga and and Bocchiari and Lindsey have, have linked it. They've all reached their potential, in my opinion, which is very good offensive line still. Um, but I don't see them, unlike the Colts, where guys are still kind of young and figuring it out, the Packers are kind of where they are now. Uh, they're probably not going to move out of Tier 2, and they probably won't move up into Tier 1.
0: Um alright, uh, in, in fact, instead of the NFC North segue, I'll just use the Matt Nagy-Andy Reid combo. You, knew, you know the scheme well, your brother plays in it for Kansas City, Mitchell yeah. Schwartz, their excellent right tackle. Um how, how do you see, uh, how do you compare these two offensive lines? Because they are, again, they are running similar schemes. Uh, you, you yeah. would, I assume you would take Kansas City over Chicago, you know, brother tiebreaker and all, right?
1: Well, I mean, I think with, with Kansas City, you know, you gotta replace obviously your center and, and, and Mitch Morris, which yep. is, uh, um, you know, a, a big kind of production. You have to figure out how to do that there. But Cam Irving at left guard, uh, you know, was I guess with James Daniels at left guard with the Bears, they're not quite sure, I think. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know who's better right now. Uh, you know, right guard with, with, uh, with LDT and, and Kyle Long. Kyle Long, when healthy, is probably better than Larry. My brother, right tackles, better than, than Bobby Massey. I and mean, then Eric Fisher, Wall, I think he gets, too much shit from people um <laughs> he's improved a lot um he's, he's probably not better than Leno jr so um it's probably pretty evenly matched um when you look at those two offensive lines in terms of compare them
0: um all right good stuff we will uh take a very quick break and we'll come back and talk about jeff's top tier of offensive lines in the nfl With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. All right, that uh, we got five teams left. Jeff Schwartz yeah. joining us uh, is is it SchwartzNFL.com? or yeah I, yeah I think it's I you know
1: I'm looking if it's even up now. Thank you, I'm okay. SchwartzNFL.com. Should be up. Website coming soon. Oh, as of as of recording. But I, I got an email this morning. It said like we're good to go. And I guess <laughs> it's not up yet. It, it, it's it's uh, it's been a long process. We got a pay to do. I don't know, but should be up soon.
0: Well, but but people will be listening to this on Tuesday. July 9th So it's very possible that while the website isn't up for us, it's up for the people who are listening to it. Yeah. Um are, are you are you what are you planning on? Is it gonna be like gambling analysis, offensive line breakdowns? What's what's the play with the, the personal no, I website?
1: Mean, basically the website so like like you said, when when I came on you're like you I do this, this and this. Instead of saying like I do all of this, go to my Twitter and see where I it's just gonna be like an oh. aggregate site for all my stuff. You oh can I like find it. like the radio stuff I do, the TV stuff I do, the, the print I do, appearances, all going to be on one place. So I don't have to just say, like, I work for these eight companies, and here's my Twitter and blah, blah, blah. It's just a, a place to find, like, everything I do. And eventually, hopefully, I'll have some original content. Um, but I'm not planning on, like, starting my own website. Uh, with um, my own content, at least not now.
0: That's actually a good idea. I've got the same sort of uh, setup on wilbrinson.com, but I think I forgot to renew wilbrinson.com, and, like, the last thing I posted was – I'm sure that my – feed is extremely old like I bet it doesn't even link I, I need I need to go back and update it so maybe maybe you'll motivate me yeah, yeah. It, it definitely doesn't link to anything current maybe you'll motivate me to go check that out uh, all right let's talk about this top tier of offensive line groups the teams that you have listed the Patriots the Saints the Eagles the Steelers, and the Cowboys. I don't think any of those guys are necessarily surprising. The one that maybe stood out to me when we were talking about this offline was the Saints because my concern when I ranked him, and I ranked him pretty low, was that uh, uh Max Unger was retiring. However, you, you've you got sort of, uh, I don't want to say inside info, but you, you seem pretty bullish yeah. on rookie Eric McCoy out of Texas A&M. Well, think with this, even if Eric
1: McCoy is not even good – they still have four very good offensive linemen. Yeah, like to drop them just because one left. And I know Max Andre, a good buddy of mine. We played. We came in the same year at Oregon together. We put every snap at Oregon with him. Um, he's actually, he's a fantastic football player. Um, he's been with Drew Brees for a while now. It's a great trade for the Saints to get him over there from Seattle. Um, but you still have Teron Armstead, who's healthy this year. Andres Pete, Larry Warford, Ryan Ramchek. Like you still have a great offensive line. You put an Eric McCoy out from A&M, who is, I think he had some of the best explosive numbers of the combine as far as his vertical, uh, his 10-yard, ten, his 10 yard spl- very explosive player, very smart player. I believe he was a four-year starter in college, played a, you know, 50 games in college. Um, so he'll fit in very well, I think, with Drew Brees. It'll take some time to get him used to being with Drew Brees and being the guy who's making all the calls and, and whatnot. And it's not going to be an easy transition, but I don't think the drop-off is as far as people would expect when you lose a guy like Max and you can replace him with Eric McCoy.
0: Mm, interesting. Would you rather have a uh, Would you rather have a veteran quarterback and a rookie center, or a veteran center and a rookie quarterback? And I understand that that's not that cut and dry. You um, mean like which which one's more likely to be a disaster? The veteran. The because I feel like Drew oh, Brees. The-
1: the, the, the bigger disaster is the is the rookie center because mm-hmm. um, you know there's a lot put on the center's plate as far as uh, especially in, in protections um, figuring things out and just getting the snap up and you know quarterbacks don't take very kindly to bad snaps and <laughs> poor identifications that, that that get them killed so um, and you know a good a good veteran center can really help a young quarterback a young quarterback's not helping a, uh, uh, I mean a young center is not helping a quarterback at all so. Um, you know, it's probably more ideal to have that young quarterback with a really good center, but that's not where they are right now. But again, I I, I see them being, um, often still gonna be very good.
0: No, 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 I, I I agree with you. I think I would reassess it after talking to you, and I might go cheat and like and change my rankings. Uh, the Eagles, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, even if they've already been published, I don't want it to fall on my head. Uh, the Eagles are like the ageless wonders. Of of the NFL, I mean, Lane Johnson even was uh, you know a 2013 first round pick. Like it's not like he's really young, although it kind of feels like he is compared to Jason Peters and Jason Kelsey. Um How worried does that get you with with a potential drop off uh, for Philadelphia based on sort of the age of those guys? Well, I'm not. I
1: mean, Lane has has been healthy. Uh Brandon Brooks at, at right guard, obviously Kelsey. There's no. Sign, I mean, the only one who has the sign of getting older is Peters. Yeah, who keeps getting hurt every year. But they drafted Andre Dillard to be his, his replacement um at, at some point. Uh better probably to sit this year than, than to go in there, but they still have, they still have big V as well to go play left tackle if needed. Um they had that young kid Jordan, um I can't pronounce his last name very well. Um uh the 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 rugby player. Oh
0: uh, yeah. Um, he, um yeah. my uh my lada. Is it my lada, Mal- my lada? Malada, yeah. yeah
1: rugby player who people like kind of where he's the direction he's heading but they have really good offensive line coaches and Stalin, I believe Chung is still there as well. Um, and they're gonna be good again. They, they show no sign of breaking down at all, besides, you know, Peter's health at some point.
0: Mm, okay. All right. I like it. Bullish on the Eagles. I think the Eagles look like a super, uh, potential Super Bowl winner as well. I mean, no, if, like if I, Winston stay healthy, yeah, that's the yeah, absolutely. Um, who, uh, if you had to pick one. You only get to pick one team out of the Patriots, because these would probably be maybe my top three, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, the, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Cowboys. Who would you say is the, the best team? Oh, actually, you know what, I got a different, I got a different question, because the, okay. the Patriots and the, and the Steelers to me are a fascinating case study in coaching. How much do you think Mike Munchak's departure from Pittsburgh, um, is going to hurt them relative to the Patriots' ability to keep Dante Scarnecki there? Like, I don't think people really understand just how much, how much that coaching matters, right?
1: Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge, uh, I think loss for them. I, I, met their offensive line coach about a month ago on this event. I was, I, I'm sorry, I forget his name. I don't think he's listening, but if he is, he's been there for a long time. Um, so he, he teaches what Mike Munchak has been teaching. You know, obviously he doesn't, you know, maybe have the experience as, as, Mike did. And that's part of this, uh, this whole equation is kind of knowing how to make adjustments and whatnot. And that's really the reason why um, there's a little bit of trepidation with, you know, putting the Steelers up in this, this top tier, but they're so talented, right? I mean, that's part of this as, as well. They, they've run one type of scheme for so long. They've run one play for so long, that double duo play works so well, They're just big body guys moving, moving uh, people off the ball. Obviously, they have a new right tackle, which we'll have to figure out that that situation with Gilbert being gone. But um, you know, coaching is such a big, it's such a big you know, deal off the line. We saw with the Pacers with Starneski. and he might be one of the better position coaches of the last ten, fifteen years. You know, they lose Trent Brown, Isaiah winner, who they drafted last year will slide right in. Hopefully, he's he's one hundred percent healthy. Uh, 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 Joe Thuney at left guard. By the way, I think I think I think David Andrews, a center. Is it Joe or David who's been in the league? Uh, oh, it's Joe. Joe's been in the league
0: three years now. Never not been to a Super Bowl. Bowl. I know. It's unbelievable, right?
1: Never. I think I think he's the first player in history to start his first three years and start in three Super Bowls in a row. Um, I mean, David Andrews is a as they come in center. Shaq Mason had a great year last year. Uh, Marcus Cannon. You know, getting up there in age, they're probably going to try to find his replacement soon enough. But, uh, I, and I know they drafted uh, to, to juice from West Virginia yeah. as well. To maybe take over uh, for Can eventually, but um, with that offensive line coach and the way Brady gets rid of the ball, the way they just pounded the Chiefs and the Chargers and the Rams in the playoffs, um, they deserve to be probably probably the top of this list heading into next season. Uh, I probably put the Cowboys second. Um, you know, Connor Williams at left guard kind of have to figure out um, what they're going to do there. Maybe Connor McGovern is, is at left guard, but the, the biggest acquisition in my opinion, in all of football, it's not really an acquisition. It's Travis Frederick coming back at center. Mm. The Cowboys last year were completely lost without him, especially with the offensive line coach they had in at the time, who ended up being fired midway through the year. They brought in Mark Colombo, a longtime Cowboy, uh, to, to take over. They been they were really good since then, but they just, they just mis-ID'd a lot of things that Travis Frederick would never have made that mistake. Um, I do wonder if Connor Williams having to play now, with Frederick and, and Tyron Smith, will play better in his second year. Zach Martin, as good as they come. Lyle Collins needs to work on some things, but nonetheless, still very good. Um, but just having Frederick back and anchoring that offensive line is going to be a huge, huge plus for them.
0: Wasn't it, wasn't it um, bizarre that – I? I, I, I you, you said this, it made me think of it, but the um, – the last year the Bengals, before the season, the Bengals and the Cowboys swapped offensive line coaches. And the Bengals offensive line under, uh, it's Paul Alexander, right? It had been, had been not, yeah. not very good. And he did, he like taught, I, I think it was Pete Prisco that pointed this out, but like basically they take a, like they take a step back even when they're doing run blocking for whatever reason. And it's, it just seems like the whole, Decision to, to flip, to flip that up and leading into the year and to, I don't know, just, it's just kind of crazy to like, to make that swap. And it looked yeah. like it actually, it looked like it actually created uh, negative issues. Now a bunch of the, you know, like you said, those guys were hurt, banged up, whatever it is, but.
1: Well, I, I, I think that the, the cowboys, um, and this happens, you know, with, with coaches. It's not, you know, nepotism is the wrong word, but it's almost like NFL nepotism, right? Like it's you. If you are, if you coach for twenty years, you kind of just always get a job until you really can't get a job anymore. And right. felt like the Cowboys decided, like, "Hey, Paul Alexander had been a good coach, and remember, he has really not developed anyone Cincinnati in the last seven <laughs> years or so." Um, but it's Paul Alexander. He, he's done it. He's coached a lot of you know Whitworth and and Willie Anderson. He's coached some really good players, and they play well for him. So let's just go with you know the name that we know. And he taught nothing like they've been taught before. It just didn't work. And like I said, they brought in Colombo. I believe Colombo is still their offensive line coach now. Um, and, uh, they, um, they're going to be a lot better this
0: year. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, lastly, the Steelers. Actually, I guess you, did you mention, I mean, do you think, I guess, do you think that they have enough talent? And they're, they're loaded up there. I mean, they got the Pouncy, DeCastro, uh, Foster, Villanueva. They have plenty of the talent there. Do you think there's enough veterans there to overcome the change in coaching? Because we have seen it. Like if you follow Mike Munchak around, it, you can see the the ups and downs of those various teams in terms of their offensive line play.
1: Yeah, um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, we'll find out. There's there's a um, I'm going to look this up. I need to look up the ages of this group. John Clay, you know ESPN reporter, you know yeah. the radio, He brought this up to me last year. He he said that there's a rule. Of 150 with offensive alignment. If you're starting offensive line, if the age is over is over, you add up the age. So age over 150, you typically see a big decline wow. in their performance. And his it, it, an example last year was Atlanta. For me, we were talking before the year, and I was like, "Look, I think Atlanta's going to be good so I goes rule 150, and I was like, "What is that?" Like, <laughs> if, if you add up the ages, and Atlanta's offensive line was not as good last year. So we see this offensive line kind of getting up in, in age with DeCastro now and. And Pouncy, um, all those, you know, Ramon Foster, uh, those guys are at least thirty years old. Uh, luckily, they're, they're younger at right tackle now. Um, I don't think they're quite at one fifty yet, but they're getting they're getting up in age a little bit.
0: Mm, that makes you a little scary. I kind of like the Steelers to be a no. I, I like I, I look. I think mean,
1: the Steelers. Here's the thing: the Steelers have have run the same run plays for so long now that. I, they'll be fine without Munchak. I think, like I said, with injury-wise, they've been relatively healthy. you guys have not been hurt either. Right. Um, so it's just something to look at when we look off at the lines. I don't think it applies to terribly much of the Steelers.
0: Okay. Um, really quick, or, really quickly, or however long you want to do it, I am curious. If you had to build uh, an offensive line, like you can take um, any scheme, any style, pick your coach. You can be the coach. You can be the GM. Someone else can be the coach. Whatever you want to do. But you get to pick five players to put onto the offensive line from around the NFL, any team, any player, any contract, um, who would, who would be your five guys? You you can move them about positions if you want to, for all I care.
1: And and we're, we're, we're assuming that everyone's like healthy, right?
0: Yeah. So every, you get full health, no salary cap. And like, if you want to get Lane Johnson and start him at center, you can do it for all, for all, for (laughs) the intensive purpose of this. Tyron Smith is the left tackle. Okay. Um, if you if
1: you type, if you go in a factory and you type up, you know, prototypical left tackle and you hit enter and they build you, that, that's who he is, right? yeah Arms go down to his knees. He's 315 pounds. So athletic. Now, injuries are concerned, but for this drill, that's not a problem, right? So Tyron Smith. I think Quinn Nelson, at left guard, mm. um, no-brainer there. Obviously, he's young, but just the physicality and his love for the game, he can make a lot of blocks. You know, he's, he's – Maybe limited athletically compared to maybe other elite offensive linemen, but nonetheless, um, I think he's a monster. I, I would put him there. Uh, I think I think Jason Kelsey at center is about as perfect of a center as you can get. Wow, um, he can he can reach block guys, um, he can move guys out of the way. Um, who do you think I was going to say at center?
0: Uh, no, 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 no. I just I mean I uh, I had Jason Kelsey slash Matt Paradis when I read. I was like worried when I was writing this down. I was like, what if I what if I come up with a list of five.
1: And Jeff's like, this is the worst um, list
0: I've ever seen in my effing life. Like, really um, so uh who do you have at left tackle? Uh, I wrote down Armstead, but I, I don't know if in my brain I was well, I guess I must have been because I because I was counting if I had Armstead there, surely I could have thought about Tyron Smith for, for health reasons. I was I was putting together my five in a very rushed fashion. I got I gotta Okay. And who's your
1: left guard? Quinn Nelson?
0: Yeah, Nelson slash yeah, Nel- okay. yeah, Nelson.
1: Okay. Um my, so my tennis cousin now my right guard I you make me pick between these two guys, it's Zach Martin or Marshall Yanda. I mean, I, jeez, Marshall Yanda is probably a hall of famer. Um, mm. Quinn Nelson is not yet. I'm not Quinn Nelson. Zach Martin is yeah. not yet. I, I, I mean, Marshall Yanda is so good. I feel like he's not um, talked about enough. I don't know if I could choose like between those two. Honestly, I know that's part of the drill is choosing one. Um I might I might lean toward Marshall Yanda over Zach Martin um very, very slightly. I just love the way Yanda plays. He's so he's so good. Um uh and he's older guy's still playing really well.
0: Um, and, and and by, right and of- by the way, this is why, you know, you're like you talk about uh Manyweather's thing doesn't get as much buzz as, as Von Miller's camp. It's like yeah. it's I mean like Marshall Yanda's been to He's like a two-time All-Pro and went to six straight Pro Bowl or six straight Pro Bowls, seven total Pro Bowls. Has just been grinding out mostly healthy seasons for his entire career, and he is not talked about at all because he. I mean, I mean, playing the trenches. I mean, it's just not a glorified yeah. position,
1: you know. I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, that to me is. I mean, two two All Pros and six Pro Bowls is not enough to make the Hall of Fame. So maybe he won't be. But I mean, he is. He's so darn good. Um And then look, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to default to my brother at right tackle. He was obviously <laughs> first-team all-pro last year. Um, But I will say, I, Lane Johnson's fantastic at right, at right tackle for the Eagles. Um, and, you know, I think that those two guys, my brother and, and Lane, will be first and second-team all-pro at right tackle for the next three or four years as long as both stay healthy. I mean, I think that every year you're going to see, you know, Lane might win it. He won it two years ago. Mitch won it last year. I mean, they're, they're going to go back and forth the next couple of years. Um so my, my first backup really for the offensive line anywhere would be Lane. I mean, in this situation, I can, you could put Lane at 1A, Mitch at 1B or four, vice versa. Um, you know, they're, they're really good. They're different styles, Lane and my brother. Um, uh, but my brother's the pass protection. I mean, he's played Von Miller. I think, you know, obviously he's twice a year. I mean, yeah, th- three years, three years. I mean, he's allowed one sack in three years to Von Miller. Wow. Maybe two. Um, you know, Cleo Mack switches sides every time he plays them. Uh, Bosa's played better than those two against him. Um, my brother's just so good, man. He's so, so consistent um, with his pass. That's kind of a unique vertical set. A lot of people don't really teach that anymore. He's got such good hands. Uh, he finishes well around the quarterback. So um, my brother is such a baller, but um, I would probably put him, you know, and, like I said, I'm, I'm equally as impressed with Wayne Johnson.
0: Uh, I wrote down your brother just in case you deferred to Lane Johnson. That way I could politely bail you out by, by selecting your brother. But I mean, th- this actually makes me feel really good because I had more or less a very similar list um, uh, to you and you're a former professional offensive lineman and I'm just um, a short. I, it, a short I, I feel
1: like the top is not very hard really yeah. to talk about the top. I mean, like, you know, like, like left tackle for me, um, um, you know, like Chuck Williams would have been acceptable. Just appears would have been acceptable. Um, you know, it's fine in my opinion. I don't think he's better than those three quite yet. Um, you know, there's kind of like a clear delineation in my opinion on a lot of these positions where, you know, one and two is pretty easy, and then once you get past that, it's really hard to say who's who's kind of next on that list.
0: Mm, indeed. Uh, all right. Anything else um, you want to plug? Check out SchwartzNFL.com and uh, it, it feel plug. By the way, plug away. We don't. We love plugs here. Promiscuous like Promise, uh, promise I mean,
1: sportsl when when it when it's ready. Um <laughs> it'll be up hopefully uh, later today but it'll be up pretty soon. You can find everything um I do there and uh you know Twitter at Jeff Schwartz for the G. Um and look football it's so close um and then you will be doing uh gambling stuff. Not quite sure for, for the action network, but somewhere. Um gambling is a ton of fun and um we'll be uh we'll be there pretty
0: soon. Awesome, man. Uh, Jeff Schwartz, follow him on Twitter. Check out com. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care.